Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Lorefield podcast. I'm your co-host Mitch, along with our returning co-host Isra. Welcome back. Hello. There's been a lack of news since our last episode, so today we'll be taking a look at the predictions we made before June's showcase and shouting out our community members who made predictions of their own. Some of you were really spot on and it was great. Uh, Isra, it's your first show since the uh, June showcase, so welcome back again and uh, just tell us a little bit about what you thought of it. I was blown away, like pretty much everyone else in the community. A thousand planets. I can't even comprehend how long that's going to take. Like, to just to explore. Some of them might be fully procedurally generated, but with, you know, the handcrafted areas and the main planets, obviously. But a thousand, that's, that's insane for a Bethesda game. Like, usually we get, like, one region of a map. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like, um, I was really happy that Todd admitted, like, some of the planets are just going to be completely empty. Like, there's just going to be the ice balls with nothing. That was going to be something that people kind of jumped on the, the hate train about. So I was glad Todd just kind of, like, took it on the chin and was like, yes, some of them will be empty. But yeah, that's a, it's just a mind-blowing number. Do you know what uh, background you want to pick? like, uh, or, or even like just what direction you want to take your character as far as like how to approach combat and stuff? Okay, I think I'm going to go with... See, I've always been weird with weapons. I'm probably going to go melee and pistols. And I'm going to spec for speech, I think, because I really want to abuse the speech system and I'm hoping I can exploit it to get my way around annoying situations. That's interesting. So you want to be like a smooth talker with an emphasis on melee weapons. So like if the talks go bad, then you're standing right in front of them already. You can just pretty much. Stab him or slice and dice him. Nice. And then I know from previous conversations that you're leaning towards um, joining the United Colonies. That's a really good pick because New Atlantis looks so cool. Um, it does. Do you know what you're going to do with the Crimson Fleet? Join them and turn them in? Um, I think I'm going to... I mean, if it's a possibility, infiltrate them. And then sell their secrets to the United Colonies. Nice, nice. A true allegiance to the UC. I'll be like a, a pirate spy. Yeah. What did Emil say? Space cop. <laughs> Very cool. We're still waiting on more news, um, but we have this giant list of predictions, and what we're kind of going to go through them again, because what's interesting about the the predictions we made is that some of these aren't like there's a lot of ambiguity like they're kind of were maybe answered and like we can't it's hard to assign point values to them so we're just going to go through them um yeah in the first category remember we went over character creation in the prologue will we make our character with sliders or by sculpting the character's face it looked to me like sliders yeah i've yeah i think they're gonna go with sliders but I don't know, I feel like the sculpting was kind of cool. I mean, unless they do like a mix of both. You can do both, it's like, 
it's optional. And like when you start sculpting, it will move some of the sliders automatically. Yeah, looking back at our, our predictions from, from two episodes ago, you and I both predicted both. And then um, Juice had said sculpting and Oda said sliders. So we were all over the place with this one. I don't recall the cursor going over the, the actual character. But I do remember when uh, when they were adjusting the body type for the character, that was on like a sliding scale. Hmm. But so was, so was Fallout 4. That was the one slider in Fallout 4. Well, not the only slider, but you used a slider to adjust your body with that triangle thing. I, did they show like... Are there like more body options this time? It looked a little more expansive. I'm excited for it. Same. Will Starfield provide starting location choice? This was another one, or uh, this one seemed like a no to me. I don't know if you felt differently. From the gameplay, I'd say no. But I'm hoping still yes, because that parent trait where your parents are alive, I'd love to start in my parents' house in game. I don't know, oh, that'd, that'd cool. just be like the coolest and weirdest beginning to a game ever. I feel like a Pokemon game where you leave your house for the first time. <laughs> oh, that's good. That'd be awesome. Uh, just, just instead, like in Pokemon, you're like 10. But in this game, you'll be like 23 years old. So there's a big uh, age gap in that comparison. If it is true that there's no starting location choice and i think we should probably judge these based on like what is implied rather than what is confirmed because a lot of these we could debate all day but if it is true that there's no starting location choice juice head would be the only one that gets that point okay and then here's an interesting one will starfield have us pick a class at first i was like well of course not we, you know todd didn't say the word class the whole time but backgrounds are basically classes yeah i mean they're kind of i mean they do similar things right like your background will you know it's like picking a class what do you want to be good at like where do you come from what do you specialize in that kind of thing right i got did i get the right or yeah yeah each background okay. gives you like the first rank of three skills if my understanding is correct okay so, so backgrounds, they're when you create your character, they're not like... And then you expand them later, I assume. And I was just comparing that to, like, Oblivion, which had classes. And what did that... That, like, boosted some of your attribute points, I think, and maybe had, like, some special effect on skills. I think in Oblivion, your class affected what level your skill started at and i'm not sure but maybe affected how much xp they get i'm not sure on that one though that might be inaccurate okay i think those are those two things are close enough that we could effectively say that yes starfield has us pick a class would you agree i would okay 
all of us get the point. Does uh, Starfield have manual flight? We're moving on to game mechanics now. Uh, it did have manual flight. Will there be a choice between auto and manual flight? That was, I think it was unconfirmed. Uh, if it was, I missed it. I, I think it's going to be like No Man's Go. You have to. And I know like people are sick of the No Man's Go comparisons in the community. But I think it's it's always going to be manual. But it seems to be very slow-paced. So I think it's going to be very hard to mess up. Because it's not like you can crash into a planet. Because, well, I believe they said there's no orbital uh, like flying. Oh, right. Like, you can't go down onto the mm. planet. Manually fly around. You have to, like... I, I don't know. I'm assuming you pick a... Uh, a landing spot from the maps of the planet and then you, it plays that cutscene which uh, I have a theory about that but I'll let you say your thing first okay yeah as, as far as like auto versus manual flight I don't think there's going to be a mode like riding a carriage in Red Dead Redemption 2 where like you can just do this cinematic thing like chill in the back seat while someone else flies the ship I haven't seen any indication of that. I guess going by our previous rule of like what is implied by the showcase rather than what is confirmed, I think this is probably a no, that there's not a choice between auto and manual flight. But yeah. yeah. What are you thinking about um, the landing zones or um, the takeoff animation? I, I don't know, and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I believe it's not just about, you know, a manual flight could be bad on planetary because you know players crashing their ships what would happen like there's all those factors so but i think when you enter orbit it plays the animation and what the animation is it's hiding a loading screen and they'll utilize the ssds to quickly load the game so when the cutscene ends you're automatically in the game it's going to be the fallout 4 elevator yeah but this time quick because it's not on Xbox One. The only downside is PC users who have hard drives with that. But they'll probably recommend you have an SSD. So I don't know how they'll do that. Say if the cutscene ends, maybe you'll just get a black screen or a traditional loading screen while it finishes. Something like that. That's my theory. Um, I think that could work. I really like that. And it would, it would make perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Like... Um, Think about it, like, you get this cool cutscene every time, and the game is, like, using the SSD to quickly load. So you don't have to have a loading screen. And maybe the train in Neon or New Atlantis, maybe that plays an animation while the other section of the city loads or something as well. Oh, yeah, good thinking. The the M.2 SSD stuff like that, I think they're M.2s. And NVMe, I think, and anyway... They're, they're really fast. Like, if they optimize the loading well, yeah, they can load these incredibly fast. And that's just my theory. Maybe they will still have loading screens, I don't know. It's just... I don't know, it seems perfect. It's a next-gen-only game. And both next-gen consoles have the SSDs. And they can't play games... new games off their... Hard, off a hard drive. 
it'd be only PC users with hard drives that would struggle. And I think now being under the um, the umbrella of Microsoft, they're going to be building their games for console, perhaps now more than ever. Well, pr pretty much the Xbox is just Windows. Heavily modified Windows and stripped down. But at its underneath, it's still Windows-based, I believe. So I think for hard drive users on PC, they'll have some sort of failsafe, say a loading bar or something. Screen goes black, and then you got you got to wait. Interesting. We'll have to wait and see, but I really like that theory and hope it's true. It it just make everything so seamless as well. I mean, maybe when you start to enter orbit, there's a quick black screen, while it switches to cutscene, and it begins to load, and then a black screen after. Sure. Yeah, like a fade in, fade out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing. And like that's the transition. So screen fades out, you're teleported on the planet, and everything starts loading around you while the cutscene plays. Then when the cutscene ends, that ghost fades to black, and then you're inside the ship, but you should be. Might not work like this, but that's just, you know, the theory I had. And we do know there's going to be a lot on those planets to load, because Starfield will have planet-sized planets. I think this might have been the biggest surprise for me. All four of us had it wrong. We all said it would not have planet-sized planets. But it makes sense. We knew there was going to be manual flight. And Bethesda is very, like, go anywhere, do anything. How could they not have planet-sized planets? If you're, if you're restricted to this little zone, but they let you fly, how would they, how would they have those two things in the game at once? Um, so it makes sense now. But, yeah, it was a shock, honestly. What were you thinking? I know I see here you also said we wouldn't have planet-sized planets like all, all four of us. For me, that's just kind of mind-blowing because no one is going to experience an entire planet. Someone might fly around the planet. I don't know. It's probably going to take a long time, but... Or they're going to walk around the planet and, you know, like, challenges how many days does it take to walk around the planet... And they've been walking for like, I don't know, how long does it take to walk around the Earth? Probably a year. I think that sounds right, yeah. So someone would have to play every day for a year. It'd probably take a lot longer than a year, actually. Because if they're taking breaks and naps, then it's probably going to take like three years to walk around the planet. And that's only in one direction. Also, it depends on the size of the planet, so it could be longer. And I say that just to pull it in perspective. Yes, there'll, prob there'll be quite a lot of people playing this game, but there's no way everyone's going to see everything. Even all the players combined, there's no way. With those planet sizes, there's no way, absolutely, that players are going to experience an entire planet. Which is probably a good thing, because most of them are probably going to be very dull unless they yeah. have unless they have like cool scenery but it's probably gonna be like to like videos how to get this amazing view on this planet for a settlement or something i don't know i've sort of accepted that a lot of the planets will be dull and an empty kind of devoid i'm sure there'll be plenty of beautiful landscapes like you say but i really really hope that there's 
procedurally generated like content, whether that's like procedurally generated settlements, farming villages, caves, dungeons, ruins, whatever. I hope there's more to it than just the landscapes. And that's to be differentiated between all the handcrafted content they're doing, of which we know there's a ton. But 200,000 lines of dialogue and all the content that comes with that is still not going to fill out a thousand planets. So I hope there's more that that they're incorporating procedurally into some of these planets. Mm. Yeah. Even if they're not like fun compared to the handcrafted dungeons, they're just something to do. Yeah. I'll still have fun even if there's nothing, but um, having something there if you want to would be nice. I'm the kind of player that would find a planet the furthest away. Uh, the absolute furthest on the uh, settled system map. Just so I can put a settlement on it and enforce all of the trading. Uh, what do you call it? Like convoys and stuff. To travel to the edge of the galaxy in the middle of. Not galaxy. Um, the edge of the settled systems. They have to fly past all these abandoned planet. Well, not abandoned. You know what I mean. Um, flying. They've got to travel all this way right to the edge of the cell systems just to come to my settlement. That's oh, funny. I'm gonna make You'll my... be single-handedly responsible for the sky-high helium three prices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Settled systems. So just wait. Just wait. I'm hoping that furthest away planet is a helium-free gold mine I can start charging obnoxious prices for them we didn't hear anything about the economy and that's something I'm really curious about just how it'll work if you can mess with it a lot or if it is a little more stagnant because uh, not to do another no man's sky comparison but in that game you can completely break a star system's economy by producing a ton of a certain item or buying like all of a certain kind of item. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I sell these stasis devices. Like I have a farm for them. And I just need plants and nitrogen, oxygen and sulfurate. And I just make these stasis devices that's supposed to increase your life in like the lore of that game. They don't actually work in game. And like I can make like I made like four billion but I broke like several economies to do it. <laughs> Don't worry, they recovered, but I kind of uh, bankrupted them for a while. <laughs> I hope we can do something similar in Starfield. That is something that just fits into the Bethesda formula too nicely to, to like not have it. You get a newspaper like or a data log. You, you've bankrupted the entire company. Ryujin announces they've gone bankrupt because the player decided they were going to sell 20 million pounds of 20,000 pounds of uh, Aurora delivered to New Atlantis sent by Ryujin. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be kind of cool if you could like affect economies and stuff. So if you mess up and you break an economy, it would take in-game years to recover fully. So if you use an exploit and you mess up, your economy is going to be broken 
probably sell prices will be low, buy prices will be high. Like, I don't know. I, mo most people would get pissed off with that, but I, I feel that would be funny. Absolutely. Because then you'd be like, oh no, I ruined my game. Though I think it should be a limit, so if you sell like so much of one item, then that item starts to, well, the item starts to become like less in demand and it sells for less because it's rare until they have too much of it. Uh, there's, there's always one ammo type that's really rare in Bethesda games, so just like stock up on that in Starfield. And if you don't use those kinds of weapons, just sell it. Eventually, certain types of ammo just become currency themselves. Mm. But like, if you could break the economy, you could decrease the va like the sell price of items. So something very valuable, if you sell enough of it, it could become. Well, you won't get a lot for the price, for, like the sell price will go down. I mean, I mean, like that's reversed. So, how much they'll buy it off you for? When I say sell. Right. Instead of how, like, the, the actual buying price will go down, just how much they'll give you. So if I sell 20,000 ammo, maybe a percentage of that ammo has to, will be at a reduced price because you just sold them, like, a ton of ammo or something. And then the ammo is not going to be in demand in the market. I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking this and it's going to be old Bethesda. You sell, you sell, they run out of money. You wait 48 hours, and they're back to normal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how each system's economy will interact with each other's, if each system does have its own economy. We don't know that. So, speaking of systems... <laughs> saying speaking of is not a good... Anyway, will planets and systems have simulated orbits? I don't think they confirmed it, but they did partially show a system map I believe and they showed the sun had a gravitational wave I, th I think that's what you call it so you could see the gravity around the star as it bent yeah. the grid I can't remember if you can see the planet orbits it's like what I what, when I brought up the predictions I don't know how they're going to do it because on a planet You've got to see orbits, right? Because you do in Elder Scrolls. There's not much to see in Fallout. It's just one moon. Because it's about Earth. But... I don't know. So if there's like four or five planets. But it depends how close they are. I mean... Outside New Atlantis, I think... New Atlantis is going to be on a, is on a moon? I don't know, because there's that massive planet in the background, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's a... Is it a moon? No. New Atlantis is on Jemison. It's on the oh, planet. But there is, like, a really large... Maybe it's a large moon. Unless the two planets are very close to each other. That could be as well. The thing is, if you can open the system map and you can see a star and you can see planets orbiting around that star, but you go in the game and it's just 
each planet is its own uh, reality. Like there's no interconnectivity between these bodies mm. as they orbit around each other. Does that really count as a simulated orbit? Because as that at that point, it's just spheres going in circles in the map. Hmm. I think uh, I just had an idea. Maybe when you get into the system itself, it's all static. Planets don't move. They don't do anything. When you're on a planet, then you start to see the orbits and stuff. But when you go back into space, it's the static area again. Just so planets aren't moving, you don't get confused. You're trying to chase a planet and it's moving too quickly. I know planets don't move that quickly, but, you know. So if they are static while you're flying in the solar system, is that, that would be no simulated orbits. Even if they do move in the map. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I have no idea. We could just award half a point to everybody on that one. Because that's a really interesting question that is very open still. Yeah, I'd say it's very open. Okay. Um, everyone except me said no to uh, simulated orbits. I said yes. And... Um, I would I would not be satisfied with moving spheres in the map as uh, counting as simulated orbits. I'd want something that you know is more um, concrete that you can actually see and experience in the game to be a simulated orbit. Hmm. And uh, I haven't seen evidence of that, but it could be there. So yeah, we'll just do half point for everybody and kind of void that one. The next several are very straightforward. Will Starfield have ship dogfighting? And will Starfield have modular ship customization? All of those are yes, and all four of us said yes to both of those. Will ship customization affect ship stats, or will it be aesthetic only? Um, we all said it would affect stats, and it does. Will we be able to purchase and own an entirely new ship that is not the Frontier? This seems to be yes. We know we can steal a ship that is not the Frontier and fly it. We know we can construct a ship basically from scratch. So, almost definitely, we can purchase a ship somewhere. And if that is the case, Juicehead said no. The rest of us said yes. So, unfortunately, Juicehead lost out on that particular one. What do you think about this one? Will, will Starfield allow settlement building anywhere outside certain populated areas such as New Atlantis? I think... Yes. Because that's pretty much what Todd was alluding to, right? He said you can go out and then you can set up like an outpost beacon. But I do think you can't just walk outside New Atlantis and put one, make a settlement right outside New Atlantis. I think you might have to walk a bit. I'm not sure. That's an interesting one. I, I'm leaning towards yes, that you can build pretty much anywhere. With all these big empty planets, it seems logical. Will Starfield's weapons have traits, such as 20% more damage against humans, for example? That is not really addressed in the showcase either. I don't think. Did you see anything like that? Like a weapon that had a trait attached to it? Um, I did not. We didn't even see the inventory screen, did we? 
I do not believe we did. Yeah, and that's probably where we would see something like that. Wow, why did it take me two months to realize we didn't see the inventory? We saw the game menu though, didn't we? Yeah, the crafting, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it would probably be a similar vibe to that. Yeah, I think they've gone back to the menu style. I just hope with like the pop-up menu, uh, they can go back to the Oblivion days where you can see your character as you're adding stuff. See what it looks like. So instead of like putting something on, then you have to exit the inventory just to see what it looks like in Skyrim and Fallout 4. Instead, you can just see it in the menu. That would be way more convenient. It seems to be something that's made a big resurgence in RPGs. Cyberpunk, Kingdom Come, a couple of my favorite RPGs from the last several years all had that, where you could see your character in the inventory screen. I don't know. Um, will Starfield have kill cams? We didn't see one. That doesn't mean they won't be in the game. So I think we can void that one probably as in inconclusive. How do you think the Persuasion minigame will work? Again, we, we have no idea. We didn't see it. Will there? Here's an interesting one. Will there be underwater gameplay at the showcase? I don't think there was. I don't believe so. And that, I noticed in our in our community survey, one person said, of course, we see, we know there's going to be space gameplay. We know there's going to be land gameplay. There's going to be sea gameplay, like, of course. And um, it would seem that way, but I wonder if they put so many resources into space gameplay that now something something had to give, and that was underwater gameplay. Yeah, I, I, said, I said it uh, episode 11, but underwater gameplay freaked me out. But I'd welcome it. And I do know on early episodes of the show, you and I had conversations about the water being like a barrier to keep you within the confines of Neon, the city. So you can't explore that whole planet. It'd just be water and maybe some land that probably has nothing on it. Because he said non, uh, Emil said nondescript aquatic world. So there's not a lot going on it. Maybe there's a, a village or two somewhere on the other side of the planet, but I think mostly just it's going to be water and neon. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not convinced that we'll be able to go in that water. It's a very long dive. I think you'd die from the fall anyway. Like, when you think about it, hitting water is like, well, it's a liquid. But if you just flopped on water, it would hurt. It would really hurt. And you'd probably drown because of how much it hurts. If you're jumping like, I don't know, I'm going to guess 50 feet drop. Uh, that's like, if you survive, that's going to sting. So I think that's just going to be a death box. Reload save. Then. That's just my opinion. Like, I don't think your player's going to do a pencil dive or a, a normal dive just so they survive. Like, there's nothing there. What's the point? And letting the player reach it. I completely agree that I, that once you go over that and fall in the water, you're dead. But that got me thinking, has Bethesda ever done like a simple death box before? Like as soon as you fall off, you reload. Um, I can't yes. recall. I believe in Elder Scrolls, 
when you're on certain linear stuff you can fall off the map and die I think there's a quest for the Azura Star and you're on these like crystal platforms I think you can fall off that and die um, oh yeah yeah okay I guess in um, some Daedric Prince quests realms oh and in Sovereign Guard if you don't pass the test and you try and run over the bridge you'll fall off and die because you haven't proven yourself that's that's all i can think of right now okay so there are some very specific examples yeah i think i think i know the southern god thing happens but um i think the southern god thing you either die or you fall over i can't remember um but the uh, azura star quest i think if you fall off you die i'm not sure if you can fall off but i think you can something funny happened to me in skyrim kind of related to this i was in a cave and i can't remember what it was called but there was a bridge you crossed and underneath the bridge really far down in this chasm is some really fast running water and i thought it was one of those death boxes so i was like oh, i'm gonna jump in just for fun so i saved made sure you know everything was good there then i jumped off the bridge and it actually takes you into like another part of the cave and there were bandits and uh, i think there were trolls down there so it was completely unexpected i didn't think there'd be content there and there was you'd like flow down this really fast rapids thing this underwater river it was cool though i was just expecting to die and ended up finding new content nice we now move on to the lore category. Uh, will they show the Ashton in the showcase? Not explicitly, but there was a creature that I think Ad Astra Starfield pointed out that looks very suspiciously like the Ashta. And it was in a room that had the vibe of Aquila City. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't have a timestamp or anything. Yeah, I think yeah there's like a i don't know if it's stuffed or but there's some sort of statue of a creature yeah yeah it was like um taxidermied yeah i think i think that's probably gonna be an ashtar though if it is it it was it big i think it was big it looked pretty big yeah so i might be right that they are bigger than we expected I mean, I was just expecting a shitpost, but... <laughs> a literal wolf and velociraptor combo. Long yep. live it. I still want to, uh... Have those as a mod. <laughs> if someone makes the models, and then you add them, replace the Ashtar. With the meme ones. The true Ashtar experience mod. Okay. I'm just kind of tabbing through to try and find that clip because I'm really curious. And also, I did see that there is more than just a simple triangle to the body customization, as we suspected. Oh, there it is. Okay. There, there actually is a person right next to it. Okay. Yeah, I found it. It's at 7.55 in the gameplay reveal. And it's about two persons tall 
when it's standing on its hind legs. And it's standing right in front of a giant Freestar Collective logo. So it's pretty much confirmed to be an Aquila City. Okay. So that's probably a yes. Will the identity of last year's trailer narrator be revealed? That is also a yes. We know it's um, Sarah, the blonde-haired constellation person. That's something that wasn't revealed at the showcase, but I think it was in Bethesda's tweets following. Um, they included a picture of Sarah, and in the alt text was her name. Yeah, that sounds about right, because that's how we learned about... Is it Barrett? Yes. And I think you made a tweet about that before people caught on. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Starfield Countdown was <laughs> like... Where did you find this? <laughs> but yeah. yeah. It was in the alt text. Uh, will Axion Energy and Tech be in the showcase was were our next prompts. And I don't think they were. We did not see them. I know Argos showed up, which Oda's been talking about for ages. At this point. But every time I see Argos, I can't not think of the UK store. I didn't know there was a, a store with that name. Yeah. Is it like a grocery store? Uh, it's pretty much you can buy anything there. You can like order Legos, I don't know, clothes, technology, accessories, bikes. Can you get mining equipment by chance? Probably not. You might have to get a a Pacific uh, <laughs> company for that. I mean, I don't know what you do with mining equipment. You're going to build a mine in your backyard. Yeah. And then you're structurally destroying all your neighbors' houses. <laughs> no, because you're, you're digging, dead. you're digging underneath the houses, and eventually, if if you if you're not deep deep enough, like all their fl like whatever's underneath. Is above where the like tunnel is. It's just gonna collapse one day, depending how big it is. That's what uh, call before you dig is for. You just call the number and tell them you're gonna be digging, and you, then your house. You won't literally collapse. have to sit with Google Maps so you can like dig in a specific way, so you don't go underneath houses. I don't know. It depends how far you dig. Like, I don't know. Digging takes ages. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't either. We will in Starfield, though. That's our job when we first start the game. We're digging. Sorry. <laughs> but, interestingly, Axion Energy was not seen anywhere in the showcase, to my knowledge. I don't believe so. We did not see an armed conflict between the Free Star Collective and the United Colonies, which was the next one. Um, so far, no indication of a Colony War II. And we also didn't learn what caused the colony war. Juicehead took a really smart strategy during the prediction. During the predictions, he predicted that they wouldn't go into the lore because they knew the audience for that game would not be the people that care about the lore, by and large. So he racked up a lot of points in the third section. Yeah, I pretty much by saying they wouldn't touch lore at all. And like it's it's been a well, it's been two months for me. I think 
That kind of makes sense, yeah. Absolutely right. It's getting people on board before you start talking about the law. Like, we got law from Emil on, or, you know, writers and stuff on um, the logs, but that was for people who were interested in Starfield. But yeah, with the showcase, it's like, they have to advertise this franchise before people get absorbed into it. Like, people, if the game's enjoyable and the quests are written well, yes, then people will give, will care about the law. And I'll be willing to read it on any of the free wikis that I know of that already exist for Starfield. Yeah, I'm really excited to learn what caused the Colony War, but it's totally understandable why they didn't go into it in June. Obviously, since we didn't learn what caused the Colony War, the open-ended question of what was the cause of the Colony War uh, doesn't apply. The next one was, will a second pirate faction called Black Fleet be revealed? This was an allusion to a 4chan leak from a long time ago, and it was not. Things don't look good for the um, infamous hacker known as 4chan. 4chan let, lets us down again. Yeah. I can't believe that wasn't true. It was on 4chan. <laughs> Fortune, such a reputable site. <laughs> um, I don't know if the viewers can hear my sarcasm. <laughs> I'm sure they can. All four of us saw right through that and predicted no. The over-under on environments shown was 6.5. I don't know how many environments were shown, but it was a lot more than seven. So um, everyone except me picked the over. So congratulations on your two points. Thank you. Next was the questions for uh, the three people mentioned in Emil's letter. Will Kiwe Kande, Pasquale Logan, or John Tuala be shown? Uh, it would have to be like in conversation. So we actually see their names. We saw several NPCs that we never got a name for. So it's possible we did see one or more of them. But um, it wasn't explicit. So it's pretty much a no for all three of them. Yeah, it's very, very hard to tell. And will the showcase reveal intelligent aliens? It didn't. What's with these rings, though? These floating rings? That has to be from intelligent aliens, right? Yeah, I... The way they... They look like orbiting each other, right? It looked like it, yeah. I... I... I keep coming back to the Dyson Fear idea. I know if it's some technology to harness the sun. I mean, I don't know what else could it be, or is it like an, an orb that opens a portal? It'd be kind of um, cliche, but I don't know, maybe uh, some aliens made themselves disappear into another dimension or something, and this thing will bring them back and then that will set up aliens in a, a potential sequel well we know we could probably do a whole episode on these rings because they seem hugely important to the story but we know that we find one at our job with Argos extractors and we get a vision from it 
we don't really know what that vision entails, but, and I also don't know if it's just as soon as we like uncovered it while mining, or if it was as soon as we touched it or as soon as we looked at it. But at some point when we interacted with this artifact, they call it, uh, we got a vision. And we also know there are these artifacts scattered all over the place. And they look to be segments of circles that when put together, orbit each other. Yeah, so that structure that we still don't know about, are these, these rings must be the missing piece. And you need all of them to get the thing working. I would imagine, yeah. But like, we haven't seen that device. Like, what? what... Oh, I don't know. Or do we, though? Because at the end of the showcase, there are a couple of shots where the player's walking around something that looks kind of like what's in that sketch. But there seemed to be one in a desert. There seemed to be one in a cave. So maybe there's multiple like of the whole pieces. Hmm. You know what I mean? So you find the tiny bits, and there's not just one that it can belong to, because we saw that one of those larger ringed structures in a couple different places. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we don't have to wait to the end of the game to see something like those structures. I'm hoping we get to see one early game to kind of like build up tension. Oh, and I want, I want to explore this, but I can't do anything here until I've got these items that I'm requiring. You know, there's an interact button somewhere and it says you, you lack the item. That happens in Skyrim. Oh, yeah. You lack the item required. And then you got to figure out what the item is. Which, if you played Skyrim, you probably know. That is so strange. But, coming, pun intended, coming full circle, I don't see what the origin of those things could be other than intelligent aliens. I think there's going to be some, like, divine storyline going on. Because I think they're going to tap into religion. So, I don't know, maybe these aliens aren't... are more like higher powers that have been absent, or at least from the settled systems anyway. And there's just these remnants. Or maybe they are just normal aliens that are just maybe a type 3 civilization or type 2. I don't know. I don't even think we're type 1. I think what type 1 is harvesting the energy of a star. Oh, right? okay. We're type whatever's below that then. Type 0? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're pretty much at the barrel, uh, barrel of the bin right now. Aliens could come tomorrow and we'd be basically like infants to them. Because if they can, if an alien could get to Earth, they're more advanced than us. Way more advanced than us. Because they got here. So. Let's just hope uh, aliens don't come to us. Because, uh. They might not enjoy our company. Well, actually, they're more likely to... Probably, I don't know. I don't know how an alien mind would work, but I suppose we're not worth their time because we're just so pitiful to them. So then, if we're not worth the time, 
then they probably wouldn't have deliberately hidden these things throughout the galaxy. I'm going to lean towards something happened. Kind of like in Subnautica, what happened to the Precursors. They couldn't stop this disease. They quarantined, quarantined the planet and they turned themselves into digital consciousness. So the race lives on just in a digital form. So I don't know if it's like that. It's an extinct race. And we... It's so creepy. And we end Starfield with... We get some of their technology. Because think about it. We've, If humanity discovered some alien artifact that they could reverse engineer being a powerful device and they could figure out how it works because as humans we've always been good at reverse engineering things but I don't know probably not always but more recently we are so find some powerful alien object figure out how it works and then we just use that to advance our own species like the knowledge we gained like oh this is a great power source like really powerful oh and this is how it works oh we can do that we have the resources here we just it's very you know it's stuff we didn't maybe stuff we didn't think about or i don't know i'm just rambling at this point i've shared similar sentiments on previous episodes but i can't help but feel like Starfield, the bulk of the story is going to be finding these pieces. At the end, you put them together. And then Starfield 2, or whatever the sequel is called, will be the culmination of the knowledge or the technology that putting all of those pieces together gave humanity. Hmm. Actually, that reminded me. I have a, had a theory recently that if Starfield ended with the reveal of aliens, intelligent aliens like humans, and when the DLC comes out, if you meet specific requirements, if you beat the game and the aliens are there and they're around the map now, you play the DLC and they're also in the DLC. And, but if you haven't beaten, the base game and you play the DLC, they won't be there and you'll miss out on some content. I don't I don't know, I'm just you know something cool I thought of that they could do. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I think in Creation Kit you can disable until uh requirement. So uh, until they've completed this quest. This quest or hit a certain level. How do you think it'll handle essential NPCs? Maybe they'll go back to Morrowind. Maybe please, please. <laughs> I just I would love that so much. as long as the warning's still there. But obviously, there's going to be limitations. I believe uh, children are going to be immortal again because they don't want that controversy. Um, that would be, would that be a nightmare? PR wise. I think that would be the only exception, but I think very specific characters might be essential. But everyone else you can kill. I'm hugely in favor of no essential NPCs, but there is something to be said for the frustration that comes with you go to a town to get a certain quest and 
completely beyond your control, a wild beast killed the quest giver, and now you're locked out of that content in that playthrough. Yep. It's uh, quite tricky. Yeah, we shall see. It's such a big game. There's so much that could happen in the in the simulations and stuff. The final serious category of sorts was the showcase itself, and this is pretty straightforward. Will Starfield be shown at the beginning, middle, or end of the showcase? It was at the end, so Oda and I got that correct. Looks like you said beginning and Juice said middle. But it was right at the end. They made us sit for an hour and a half, almost. It was. That was brutal. I was so stressed out the entire time. But Todd made it okay. He came on and I had a smile to myself. Me too. Starfield did not get a mobile tie-in, nor an MMO. Two things that I predicted. Yeah, I think it's too early for an MMO. Give it... Let it build a fan base and give it a couple years. Maybe get a spin-off in the works first. It seems like such a good universe for an MMO, with the modular ships. The, the problem with an MMO is... You're taking a massive idea and you're making it even bigger. Is that possible? Like, for a studio to pull off? It probably won't mm. be Creation Engine again, because we're talking massive. I wouldn't be surprised if they borrowed whatever new engine Zoss is working on. Their next-gen engine stuff. Because you're talking, you're talking huge ridiculously huge bigger than whatever starfield is right now because it's got to be it's got to hit got to have millions of players not on the all screen up for everyone but you know um it's got to handle a couple hundred players per zone or per instance sorry sorry that's just how i see it it's very ambitious and it probably i don't know i mean more than if it's going to be that ambitious i don't know it'd probably take what 10 less just under 10 years and even then you'd still have launch problems bugs issues player complaints stuff like you're still going to have that so i think it's best they wait until starfield's got a big enough fan base before even attempting to green light an mmo also gives it time to let technology advance. So it might be less expensive to do something like that. Yeah, true. Any MMO, especially if you're doing one in space, is hundreds of millions of dollars that you're going to be investing. It's, it's all technology involved, mostly. Especially on a custom engine. If they go that route, you know, because you've got the, they've got to build the flight systems. They've got to, how does space combat feel? How does going to planets work? How the hubs work? How the, if the gravity is different for different players, how does that look to different players who are viewing you doing stuff? Right. One of the things that got me so excited about the idea of a Starfield MMO was uh, Rich Lambert, the creative director at Cinemax Online Studios. Throughout the summer and for the months 
leading up to the June showcase, he would occasionally tweet like, I am so proud of the the work my team is doing. Like, it's amazing to be here at ZOS. My team's doing amazing things. Like really hype stuff about what ZeniMax Online is cooking. And that just got my gears turning that maybe it was a Starfield MMO. And it still could be, but we didn't hear about it in June. Yeah, it's looking like a Mandalorian MMO. From what was rumored. That's pretty cool. I won't complain about that, honestly. Yeah. Zoss take a long time before they announce a game. It took five years for them to announce ESO. And then two more years for it to come out. On PC. And then console a year later. And that was before they started making uh, DLC content. Test 6 did not get another trailer or teaser. I'm disappointed, but not really. They were in kind of a pickle where so many people were hyped for Elder Scrolls 6. If they said anything about it, if they gave even the slightest little trailer, people who didn't understand like what the schedule was for Bethesda were going to be you know, going... Where is it, you know? <laughs> you announced it four years ago, and they're still getting some of that. But if they if they shared another trailer, it would have been that noise tenfold. So I'm kind of glad that they not really swept it under the rug, but just didn't address it, just kept it in the back room. Bethesda announced it in 2018 just to say, look, it's next, don't worry. We're going to make Starfield, then we'll make your precious Elder Scrolls 6. The one you won't leave us alone about. And don't get me wrong, I'm crazy excited for Test 6, but I think for this year's purposes, it was, it was good that they didn't show it. Yeah, like, if you look at the 2018 teasers for Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6, Starfield came nowhere near close to Elder Scrolls 6's views. For the teaser, which of, is of course is going to be expected because Elder Scrolls is a massive franchise. Yeah, a lot of people like Skyrim, and they've been wanting Elder Scrolls Six since Skyrim came out. They've just had to wait over like eleven years, and they've got to wait another five or six. Crazy! I'm gonna be. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you could go back in time and you could tell someone in 2011 that Skyrim's launched and you can say Elder Scrolls 6 won't be out to like 2026 and they'll look at you like, no way, that's not going to happen. They'd probably laugh. Yeah, they'd probably laugh at you. But who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> We were all ignorant back then. And, that was funny. Yeah. It's been too long. Uh, where were we in the thing? Oh, yeah. Kind of similar to Test 6. Will a BGS non-mobile game other than Starfield or Test 6 be revealed? For example, Fallout 5. Obviously that didn't happen. Or else um, I think we would still be 
picking up our blown mines off of the ground. Todd being introduced to Todd exiting, we had an over-under uh, wager of 20 minutes. And it was exactly 15 minutes. And for a brief while, I was thinking about making the line 15 minutes. And I don't know what we would have done if I did that. But uh, once again, all three of you picked the under and I picked the over. I was actually, so before I kind of like uh, consulted you and, and Juice and Oda about some of these questions, I was going to make the line 30 minutes because the previous showcases they've done were 30 minutes. But you all very smartly pointed out to me that now that they're part of the Xbox show, it's probably going to be a lot shorter. And it was. More condensed. There were, I don't know, more obvious cuts. Like, there was more footage, but they had to cut it down. And maybe we'll see cuts of that footage when they want to show something cool off. Oh, you can do this, and then there's like a new gameplay clip that they had from the cut footage. There might not even be cut footage, there might just be the file and the things they wanted to show off and that was it. But for all we know, somewhere on the Bethesda computer is raw, just gameplay. I don't know, I don't know how long they record, probably like an hour of specific things, a lot of console commands, but just think about that for a minute. Somewhere out there, there might be raw footage of Starfield on a computer. Sure there is. They play test, uh, well, another 4chan leak said they play test every Thursday. But that one, I think, might have been real. It's like some of the details checked out. I don't know. Those 4chan leaks all run together. Well, I think even Heavy008 said they play test. Was that the one that said they play test every Thursday? Yeah, but I think someone on 4chan did say that as well. Okay. But I think that was after, I'm not sure. Okay. So then, yeah, it's basically confirmed that they do playtests every Thursday. Every Thursday they're playing the game. I'm so jealous. The next two questions dealt with the release date. Obviously, we did not get a new release date, so those won't be scored. Um, and then the last category is Todd. Todd did wear a leather jacket. I was so happy to see that. Was he wearing the watch? I can't remember. <laughs> I had this, the footage was under review for quite some time. I was like zooming in and <laughs> I was like zooming in and playing it in slow motion to see if he was wearing the watch. He was wearing a watch, but his sleeves were covering it up and it's almost impossible to tell if it's the Starfield watch. I'm leaning toward it being more like a Rolex because I saw some like shimmer on it. It looked more like a reflection than like just white paint that we know is on the on the Chronomark watch. So I don't think he was wearing it. Yeah, I think it could be unlikely because if he was wearing it, he'd be more likely to have his sleeve rolled up a little bit mm. and have the watch on show. But if it's his personal watch, it does, you know, pull it under the jacket, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's unlikely. I was hoping he would have come on with the watch and demo it, but... Obviously, they didn't show the collector's edition, and that's probably because there won't be pre-orders until they have a date. Which I don't think they want to do right now, in case they have to push it back again. That's my theory. Yeah, and I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. 
I suppose they'll see where they are in a couple, by the end of the year, and then they can estimate if it's going to be the first half or the second half. Hopefully first. But if they need extra time, I won't mind. They haven't given us a date. I'm cool. Yeah, it's just frustrating when they do announce a date, commit to one, and then it gets pushed back. I understand that it happens, but it's still, as a fan, when you've marked your calendar, in many cases, you've called off work, and then it gets pushed back. It's not fun. Indeed. Todd's use of the word dynamic. We had an over-under of 1.5. I don't think he said it at all. I was so sad. We got like three of those for Fallout 4, and I think two in Fallout 76. He didn't even call us degenerates. No, no, he didn't insult us either. There was no mention of Skyrim. All four of us predicted that he would. Departing from our normal traditions <laughs> this year, Todd. No mention of Skyrim at all, and no F-bomb either. I don't know if that's because it's the Microsoft showcase. That would be my guess, yeah. Thing is, though, like, some of the um, marquee Xbox franchises, like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of ones that aren't Halo. Um, Gears of War, I think, has F-bombs. I think it's because Microsoft, they showcase a lot of different types of games at their showcases that they might not be. Like, Bethesda, they're pretty much all mature games. So at their showcases, they can kind of push that. But Microsoft, they have uh, games that kids can play, like Minecraft. you got games that young teens could play, like Forza, who are getting into cars and stuff. I mean, even Halo, that's uh, quite a tame, an FP, like a tame FPS. Because mm-hmm. it's like rated 16 or something over here. I don't know if it's 18 in America. But I think um, I, I think I think it is M. So eighteen. Yeah, I think I think Halo's sixteen here rated. Oh, interesting. Doom is like hard eighteen, um, rating. That's a that's a Microsoft franchise now. That's weird. Yeah. To say. That is a good point, though. I guess you had some more kid-oriented games in the same showcase, so. It, it might not be in good taste to have Todd throwing F bombs <laughs> on stage. What what what's am I thinking of Nintendo was Cuphead there? At the uh, showcase, like Cuphead. Oh. Um That game's a few years old. But uh, I think oh it... sorry, I I meant the DLC. Oh, oh, okay. Yep. Um it might have been. I wasn't paying attention. It was kinda like I look at a game until I see that it's not Starfield, and then I was, like, playing Tetris or something. And then they have, like, Ori, you know. And, and sea, of, sea of Thieves, kids can play that, I believe. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think it's just because of that, it's not so much Microsoft are afraid of dropping F-bombs and stuff. I think it's just because what they cover... And I don't think Bethesda really have any kid-oriented franchises. Besides Commander Keen, but that's a dead IP at the moment. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, uh, my ship has been sunk enough times to know that plenty of kids play Sea of Thieves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, all four of our wildcard guesses were not really addressed. They might, except mine, actually. Uh, Juice had said paid mods. That's going to be known further down the road, but I wager is probably true. Uh, Oda said dual wielding will come back. We didn't see it in the showcase, but again, it could be there. You suggested the limited edition Series X will uh, be revealed. It wasn't at the showcase, but it's probably coming. And then I'm a moron, and I said seamless ground to space transitions would be in the game. And Todd was like, yeah, no. So... (laughs) So um, no points were awarded for our, our wild card guesses. And that's why they're wild card guesses. Because we have no clue. Exactly, yeah. Well, we had no clue. Past tense. So the results then, um, I came in fourth place with 22 and a half points. We all ended up with a half because there was that one uh, where I, we gave out 0.5. And let me just double check what that one was. Uh, simulated orbits because they're kind of there but maybe not really um so yeah we'll all have a half third place was juice head with 27 and a half and then first place oda and isra you both tied with 29 and a half points so congratulations you share the top step of the podium wait uh what position are we again first you won oh tied first yeah Oh, damn. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Before we eliminated the ones that weren't um, answerable, we had 65 total points. After we went through the ones that were inconclusive, we had 45 points. And you got, uh, you and Oda both got 29 and a half out of those 45 points. So pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad for me. Because Oda probably knows more than I do. Maybe, yeah. Of course, we also had the community survey that went that everybody had the chance to take. And we got a lot of really good responses. And I was really pleased with the um, wild cards. There were some really like creative ones. Um, not all of them got points, but all of them had like some good thought into them. A couple were that we'll have drivable rovers. One person said Starfield will be the best game ever made. I gave them 1.5 out of 3 points for that just because... It was good. I, I liked it. It made me feel good. Um, Eldon Noble, who was the stand-in host last time, said, uh, I'm hoping to see the ability to have multiple companions, and this could look like having recruitable crew for your ship. Which is like, Todd described that to a T then. So that was a really good one. It was Jim Spencer that said Starfield would be the best game ever made. I was a big fan of that, Jim. Um, Starfield Countdown said, I think we'll be able to pre-order without a release date, which could still happen. And I hope it doesn't, but I'm, I think I'm with you. Yeah, I think there's going to be people that will complain. Oh, I didn't pre-order. I mean, I might as well pre-order. I'm going to have to play the game anyway. Well, because I want to play it and I want to make content on it. So, And so does Mitch, so... We might have to fall into the pre-order pit. Yeah. Yeah. Quite easily. About four copies of the game, I think. I don't know how many, but a lot. Yeah, like four copies. I'm going to buy 100 just to help out Microsoft that makes more money that I know what, that I'd know what to do with. It's not that they need the money, but, you know, 
I'm joking, by the way. I wouldn't buy 100 copies. Unless I was giving them away. 100 copies? That'd be expensive. That'd be like... 600... That'd be like $6,000. If you're paying 60 for each copy. Yikes. It's a lot of money to spend. That is, that is money that I do not have. Me neither. Yet, anyway. Hopefully. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a good paying job in the future. We can dream. So the top five community members, highest scoring community members that took our survey, uh, I guess we'll go from uh, fifth place up to first place. In fifth place, we had TKS Mantis on YouTube, who scored 29 and a half points out of 45. So fifth place in our community tied the winners among the hosts. That's crazy. That is. In fourth place was Eldon the Noble. Again, stand and host from last time with 30 and a half points. Eldon the Noble on Twitch and YouTube. In third place, Ad Astra Starfield, one of my favorite community members uh, on Twitter, Reddit, and Discord. Ad Astra Starfield, 31 points. Climbing higher and higher. 31 out of 45. That's, I'm not good at fractions. Over two thirds of predictions on the money. Second place was Jim Spencer. There wasn't a um, social handle given with this entry, just uh, Jim Spencer. 33 points. And the winner of Warfield's Starfield Showcase Predictions uh, survey was Vish, at Vish underscore Varm on Twitter, with 34 and a half points. 34. Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah. So our community schooled all four of us. They're so much better than us. Yeah. Definitely not jealous. <laughs> you will all be getting uh, shout-outs on our social media, on Twitter specifically. So um, congratulations to the five of you, and thank you to everyone who took it. We did get several other entries um, who didn't score quite as high, but um, I still loved reading all of your responses and um, scoring them. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for your participation in that. Hopefully we can do something like that when the game comes out. I don't know, maybe about like spoilers or something. That'd be cool. But yeah, that was um, that was pretty much it. I think we might be ready to go on to recommendations. Did you have any closing thoughts about um, the showcase, I guess? I'm not satisfied. I need more content. Absolutely, yeah. Ever since June was great. Ever since then, it has been brutal. I will never be satisfied till I have a copy of Starfield in my hands. Like, I'm in between school semesters, so I, I would have been fine with just like a couple more um, into the Starfield videos. We didn't get any of those. Like, now is when I have all my free time. Like, come on, I need it now. So once um, school starts back up and I have no free time, I'm sure they'll start coming again. Because that's the way the world works, but it's okay. At least the time will pass quicker for you. That is true. Yeah, it does. It does go by a lot faster during the, the semesters. And I guess school will go from a couple weeks from now until early May. So that should be right up to when the game comes out, assuming there's not another delay. So then uh, recommendations. Um, this month, I'm going to recommend. Uh, I have to look up the name of the game. I can picture the cover in my head. Um, Outcast Second Contact. 
I can't even remember the name of the game I'm recommending. It is on Game Pass. It's a remake of a game from the 90s that, as I understand, was not very commercially successful, kind of like a cult classic. And um, it was remade on Game Pass, and it's kind of a harder, well, not harder sci-fi, but it's a human, and you go through a wormhole, um, and you're in an alien world. And um, for a game that didn't get a ton of attention in its day, it is really fun. And um, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, the, the gameplay is holding up pretty well. There's really interesting lore, which of course will interest me. Yeah, it's just a cool little game that I was not expecting to pull me in as much as it has. So um, Outcast Second Contact, definitely worth it. Hmm, good pick. Thanks. For me, it's going to be a movie. And while I was ill, I got the pleasure of watching it after... I don't know when it came out, talking a few years ago, uh, and that is Ready Player One. I think it's fairly enjoyable. I haven't read the book, but I think it was alright. I mean, I think it was a little overhyped uh, when it came out, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely enjoyable. Good acting, um, lots of Easter eggs. So yeah, I'm going to recommend Ready Player One, the film. Awesome. If they do a sequel, do you think they would call it Ready Player Two? I mean, maybe, but I don't know if they ever made sequels to the uh, original novel. They better call it that. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that is um, not a movie I've seen, but I was very pleased with the way it kind of brought video games into the mainstream i don't know i've always had this annoyance with with society i guess that like video games are always seen as like a toy todd has talked about this at length they're seen as like a toy whereas like movies and music and books and stuff are seen as like proper adult mediums of entertainment but video games are kind of cast aside from that group and ready player one i thought was a good way to bridge that gap Excellent recommendation. So I think we've reached the end of the Lordfield Podcast, episode 13. Uh, we should be back, actually, in two weeks. I think we're, fin- we're we're in a spot now where we should be able to do that. Life gets crazy, forgive us, but um, yeah. Thinking now, expect us back in two weeks, and we'll probably dive deeper into some of those interesting topics, like the rings. Um, there's some stuff uh, in the the timeline of the universe that we learned in the showcase that we we haven't really talked about on this show that I'm really excited to get into. So we've got some topics that we can dig deep into in um, probably shorter episodes, but um, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, this has been the Warfield podcast. You can find us on Reddit, Twitter, discord, YouTube. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. There's more that I'm probably forgetting. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.